0: Chris, and Chris Talk Movies. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Chris Ferry, and as always, this is my co host.
1: I am Chris Huddleston.
0: And today, we are going to be talking about a delightful little humdinger that you're going to want to sit down and watch with your Auntie June <laughs> Bone Tomahawk. Lean back. It's right there. Bracing is going to penetrate.
1: Good evening. Civilized towns. You look a man direct in the face when you talk to him. This isn't comfortable. Well, it's not supposed to. be. <laughs> Here's a uh, situation. Serious.
0: Mrs. O'Dwyer was abducted.
1: She is my everything, and those savages have got her. God knows what they're doing to her. And every second,
0: we be delayed. You know who did this? I don't have a name. How many of them do you think there are? It won't matter. You have no chance against any number of them.
1: I'm, I'm coming with you. No,
0: no, I need you here.
1: And this is what a backup's for, to help an emergency,
0: not stay back. I'm coming. We're making a five-day journey in three days, riding long and sleeping the bare minimum. I don't know what's west of here. No cattle trailer or anything else goes in that direction. If our horses die before we get there, or we go into hostile territory, weak and foggy with exhaustion, we won't rescue anybody. Don't be scared, I am a friend. You aren't. Damn you! You had no cause.
1: If you want to question my
0: morals, do it later. Bless us, O Lord, and these that gifts. we are about to receive. Okay, so that trailer, A, is a little bit long, and B, it's a little hard to get, you know, just from what you're listening to, what's going on, but it is what it is. Chris, do you have a synopsis for us?
1: I do, and I wanted to give a spoiler warning right up front. If uh, this is a movie that I feel like the less you know, the better going into this, all you really need to know is it's a Western with Kurt Russell, it's funny, it's funny, it's also brutally violent, um, and so if that sounds like something that is up your alley and you have not seen it, go ahead and watch it before you listen to our show. But uh, the movie is directed, written and directed by S. Craig Zoller. It stars Kurt Russell, Patrick Wilson, Matthew Fox, and others. And the brief synopsis is In the Dying Days of the Old West. An elderly sheriff and his posse set out to rescue their town's doctor from cannibalistic cave dwellers.
0: And it's fun, alliterative. uh, Cannibalistic uh, cave dwellers. Cannibalistic cave dwellers. So, um, you know, I, I thought that I had seen this one before. And I honestly, now that I've watched it all the way through, there's enough in it that I didn't remember that maybe I just saw some of it or maybe I never got all the way through, but you had definitely not seen it. I had definitely not seen it. No. So we'll start with you. Okay. What did you think?
1: So this was a bit of a surprise for me. I was, I was aware of this movie. Um, this came out in 2015. It had a lot of buzz at the time of its release. I remember it making a lot of, um, uh, top 10 lists that year and a lot of top 10 horror lists that year. Now you would, you might say this is a Western, which it is very much a Western, but there's also a big horror element to this. Um, I had kind, I I had always wanted to see this movie, but I kind of resisted it some, I think because I thought this was going to be a, um, a slow burn, very dour, um, grim kind of a movie. And it's not really, it's, it's, uh, it's not fast paced. There isn't tons and tons of action in this and a major parts of this are just dialogue, just these men, uh, talking. Um, but it's funny. I mean, some of the funniest dialogue that I've heard in a while. You know, I watched this by myself and I was, I don't know about you, but I was laughing out loud at a lot of the lines in this. <laughs> that it's, might've,
0: that might've just been you.
1: <laughs> okay. You but didn't. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk, we'll we'll talk we'll about talk that, about it. but it's very, um, uh, I think it's kind of Cohen brothers, like dialogue. Uh-huh. Um, I really liked the, the, so it's for basically what happens is um it has Patrick Wilson is one of the characters and his wife is a doctor she is abducted by these basically cavemen um who they refer to as troglodytes she's abducted and then Kurt Russell, Matthew Fox, Richard Jenkins, Patrick Wilson create their own posse to to go and hunt these uh people down and get back uh, Patrick Wilson's wife. And so basically most of the movie is them traveling the several miles to encounter these people. Um, and then there's a big showdown at the end. But um, I really, really liked it. it. It was, it like I say, it was not exactly what I thought it was going to be. It's dark. I mean, there are, there are some scenes in this that are as disturbing as anything I've seen in a long, long time. Yeah. Um, So definitely this is not one for the squeamish and kind of like you said, you know, you want to watch this with your, your auntie or, you know, your grandparents or whatever. I think a lot of traditional uh, Western fans maybe would be turned off by this because it is so, so graphic, but I really loved it. I I thought this was an extremely well-written and directed movie. So what, I agree. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I agree. I want to talk a little bit about the violence. We'll just get right to it because mm-hmm. I think it stands up as a Western, hands down. Sure, sure. Um, people say, oh, I thought it was a Western. It is. It is absolutely a Western. And I think, as Westerns go, it's a good Western. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it is also definitely a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, the graphic. Um, I mean, it's dismemberment, really. It's yeah. cannibalism. It's, and it's, it's unflinching. I mean... And, and the camera does not look away. No. Um, it, it is... Uh, I made sounds out loud during the scene. I'm sure you know. I'm a big wharf.
1: I'm a big horror. Like, oh,
0: yeah. oh, my God. You I, know, I was really like, oh, gee, oh. You know, it was like, oof. I'm really a big rough. horror
1: fan, and there were a couple of times where I,
0: you know, I it was... I was borderline like, oh, maybe I'm going to have to turn my head. You know, yeah. Yeah. it was... It was... It was pretty brutal, but mm-hmm. but I will say you're know, like, well, maybe that's maybe these guys are just wimps, and it's a western, and they can't take it. No, if you listen to the the sound design um, throughout oh, yeah. the film, it's very much in the realm of um, horror. No uh, Silverado sweeping John Ford no, no. soundtrack. No, you know trumpet driven. Um, you know background music as they gallop across the plains No, as they limp the, the one one guy's got a wound on his leg and um th- they end up losing the horses part of the way um for reasons and th- then they have to walk it so it's plodding and grinding and the whole time throughout the movie it's not that there's just a uh, the instance of violence the hook at the beginning of the opening scene is two uh, robbers who have basically come upon a band of uh, people, sleep cowboys sleeping, and I took it as sort of murdered them in their sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, got snuck up on them and killed them to take their stuff and steal their boots, and um, and that's a rough scene too. Like, camera just watches this, you know, these two guys murder these people, or or the tail end of it. Um, and that sort of sets a tone for the whole film, you know? So when people say, oh, I've killed a bunch of Indians or, yeah, he got killed, you you have in your mind what one person killing another person with a knife or shooting them point blank looks like, including their agonizing death. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think it is, it is a, a Western first, but it is, you can't... Um, parenthesize horror too much because of where it's going as a film and Mm -hmm. where it's going as a film is into these cave dwellers cave so the two guys in the beginning somehow defile they're in the country of these um uh, cannibal i guess they're they're native originally Uh, it's they're sort of monstrous too because they have these sort of uh, Bone whistles embedded in their neck. And that was a technicality I wanted to talk to you about. Like how in the heck, <laughs> you know, they weren't born with it. Yeah. Um, how in the heck did they get those things? So they don't talk. They make this sort of whistling, monstrous cry. You know, they do a big inhale and then they just sort of roar. And it's this sort of almost out of Star Wars. It's this sort of mm-hmm. scream, screaming whistle. That everyone, you know, has a, you know, spine, shiver down your spine response to. Um, and we know this because one of the guys kills one of them and cuts it out of his throat and uses it, you know, goes around blowing it to sort of trick them into thinking that, you know, they're they're sort of, quote unquote, talking to each other across the hills. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's a few if you if you pick at pick at it too hard. It, it kind of you say okay. Well, you know you're thinking about it too hard. There's, there's there's these monstrous guys live up in the hills, right? They're not supernatural. They're just with utterly without empathy or remorse, and they're cannibals. Mm-hmm. And so one of they one of the uh, the two guys that we see murder the others in the beginning, um, they get one of them, and the other one takes off. And he comes into town, and they follow him into town, right? They track him into town, um, and The wife of, I guess, the main character, Kurt Russell's really the main character, but I guess the wife of the main guy is a doctor and she goes to tend to a wound in the guy's shin or foot. And while she's doing that, these um, cannibal natives show up having tracked the guy and they abduct the deputy, the young deputy who's left there, her and the, the original guy from the beginning. And so that's – it's not like they just appear out of nowhere. They follow this guy into town because it's a five-day ride, we're told. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wait. No, I, I remember where, where I was going with that. Uh, where I was going with that is where we're going. So now that, that this guy's wife is abducted, we got to go get her. And so mm-hmm. they put together a group of people. There's, what, four of them? Yes. Uh, to go to go track her down, and then the whole body of the movie is them on this trip to get there, and eventually we get there. So when we get there, um, they get caught and they're sort of put up in the in these cages. These um, you know, it's up in a cave, so they've they've fashioned these qu- sort of cages, and they they say they get there, and there's just the woman and the deputy. And they're in cages on the other side of the room. And they go, what happened to, you know, the, the first guy? And she goes, they ate him. Mm-hmm. And then so eventually they come in and they drag the deputy out and they scalp him. Right. The first thing to do is scalp him. Then they stuff the scalp in his mouth and they take like a steak and they drive the steak into the back of his throat. They yeah. kind of nail the scalp back in his mouth. I don't. I don't know if that was just to be cruel, or if it's a ceremonial thing, or if they were tired of his yowling Who or knows. what, because he's screaming his head off. They strip him naked, and this guy's sort of. He's not begging for his life. He's just telling the sheriff, you know, say, you know, tell my. I forget exactly what he says. Sure. He's like, tell my wife or tell my mom or whatever that you know. And uh, everybody's just, including us, is just sitting there captive watching this. And then they they so they scalp him, and then they jam this steak down his throat, which is horrible. Um, and then they, they flip him around and they uh, hold him up by his legs and he's screaming the whole time. And they take one of these big bone tomahawks and they whack away at him right in the groin. They split him right down the middle and they pull him apart and all his innards come tumbling out. Yeah. And this is all one big shot. Like we're just watching this. It, it's not cutting away. It's horrible. Yeah, it's pretty, it's <laughs> I mean, pretty gnarly. It is just like I could still see it against the back of my eyelids. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, i mighty. And then, so if we had any illusions of like, oh well, they're, they're going to ride in there and they're going to pull off some neat trick shots and they're, you know, <laughs> no. And now, now you see like what they've been heading towards this whole movie. So it is clearly a horror. You know, you don't go into a movie not into that. You don't say maybe we should show this. You go into it with planning to show that. Right. And so. It's definitely a horror movie. And they thought, what if we made it a Western too? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was a long, long monologue. But I do, you know, there is the, the, the character development is great and there is comedy in it. I didn't mean to say it's not funny, but given the tone and cannibalism and everything else, I was, oh yeah, I didn't want to, sure, sure. There weren't jokes. It's just, yeah, it, it was,
1: it was not jokes and not slapstick comedy or anything like that, but just this funny banter between these men, uh, that I just thought was, was really well written. And I, I was looking through IMDB. I should have taken notes of some of the quotes because there were, I just felt like there were some really great, uh, there were some really great lines and they don't really have any of them on the, the IMDB
0: page, but you know, you
1: have, um, so it's Kurt Russell is the sheriff and he's this. Um it it was I it was really interesting how they played the characters, I felt, because Kurt Russell is the sheriff, and then you had Richard Jenkins, um, who was one of his deputies, and Richard Jenkins is, you know, they're these two old guys, and Richard Jenkins is kind of this goofy, not particularly bright uh man who just never stops talking. And I kept waiting for them to be a point in the movie where Kurt Russell would just explode and start yelling at him, just be like, shut up. And he never did. Um, And I, I thought that was kind of refreshing because I kept waiting for, I was kind of thinking of uh, comparing him to the sheriff um, that John Cleese played in the last movie that we watched Silverado, who was, you know, the guy who, uh, he didn't want strangers coming into his town, and he was just this no nonsense. Basically, I don't I don't like strangers because they cause problems. And uh, Kurt Russell is a bit like that as well. It's not necessarily that he's totally against strangers, but the stranger who does wander into the town, David Arquette, he, you know, he has good reason to be wary of him because he's a really bad guy. But I kept waiting for them to maybe be a scene where. Kurt Russell would snap and you'd be like, Oh, this guy's really a psycho, you know? And there never was that he, um, you know, he was a man who was capable of violence because he had to, to be capable of it living in in the old West, but still you never got the feeling that he was anything other than a decent man. Um, like I say, he treats this, you know, this deputy who's not this particularly bright guy, um, Uh, very well. And then you have the other two men, you have Patrick Wilson, uh, who's the husband of the, the woman who was abducted. And then you have Matthew Fox, who's this kind of cocky guy. And, you know, he, he brags about the Indians that he's killed and, and everything. But I thought it was refreshing. Like I watched some other movie tried to a couple of weeks ago, and I don't even remember what it was, but it was some movie where these people are being hunted by a killer or something and i watched 30 or 40 minutes of it and it was just these people yelling and screaming at each other and bickering and everything and i liked how these four guys interacted with each other they got it was a stressful situation so they things got heated a little bit at times but they were still very respectful of each other it was it was funny they would get mad and then a few seconds later it would be like I'm really sorry that I blew up at you, you know, I just, it's just, this is a tough situation or whatever, you know, I just thought it was interesting to see these, you know, pretty tough guys, but actually acting the way real people act, you know? Right. Um, Right. I, I just thought the characters were, were very well, uh, crafted and I, I just thought they were, um, I, I don't know if you know what I mean or not, but a lot of times in movies like this, you would just have four guys that are just these macho assholes and they're just, right. you know, the whole time they're just cutting each other down. And it's not really like that. Um, so I, I liked I liked the portrayal of these
0: characters. I agree with you 100%. I thought, you know, and I've picked away at other movies in the past for the dialogue or the acting. I thought the acting here was top notch. Yeah. I, I don't know if you ever watched Lost. I did. Yeah. Matthew Fox. It took me like I didn't really read the casting prior to watching the movie. I mean, I knew it was Kurt Russell, but I didn't really take note of who else was in it. That's not why I was watching it. Um, And it took me a while to be like, is that is that Matthew Fox or Mm -hmm. is it not? I'm like, it's definitely Matthew Fox. And then I was like, well, is it? He's wearing a mustache and he's doing a very like he's acting. He's. He was great. The, I mean everybody yeah, was great. He, he was terrific and I loved it because you take these actors that at least to me are recognizable. And sorry, what's the other what's the other guy's name? The the old guy? His name's Richard Jenkins. Richard Jenkins is an I, I first time I became aware of Richard Jenkins as an actor was watching 6 Feet Under on HBO. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Decades ago. And he plays the father who's diseased but can, continues to appear as a ghost. But if, he's been in everything. I mean, he was in Cabin in the Woods.
1: He was you know. in Silverado. He was the... Uh, That's right. He was the Kelly guy, the partner that right. uh, Brian Dennehy killed. I mean, he's That's obviously much, right. much, much younger, but
0: yeah. And he's um, he's great. He's a terrific actor, character actor. But he, in this, he gets to play... And he's a terrific comic actor too. Oh yeah, he really. He usually plays a kind of a hangdog, maybe a bureaucrat or you know henpecked husband something, because he's just got these kind of basset hound eyes. But um, you know he's grown. He plays older than I think he is in this movie. He looks older even than Kurt Russell. You know I think mm-hmm. he gets to really develop a character, and it took me a while too. I'm like, is that? Al? That's like, that, oh, he is great. And it was the voice more than it took me else. a while to recognize who he was as the well. The performances are fantastic. They're just really fantastic. And Kurt Russell, I love. Kurt Russell kind of is the star. So he's, you know, I'm not going to just say he's playing Kurt Russell, but, you know, I, I think he's just likable. I don't think I've ever seen a role Mm-mm. that I didn't just enjoy watching that guy on screen. Um,
1: but again, but, he's not the. Uh, you know, you could in, in a different film with a, you know, written a different way and directed a different way, he would have been more of a macho guy. And he's, um, he's, he just seems like a human being. Okay. Spoiler. You know, again, we did a spoiler at at the beginning, but he, Kurt Russell dies at the end and Richard Jenkins lives. And there's this moment where, you know, they both know that Kurt Russell is going to die and, you know, they have, they have tears in their eyes and you can see basically the love that these two men have for each other, you know, before they part, knowing that Kurt Russell is, is going to die. And it's just, you don't, you don't see that a lot in these kind of movies. There's another scene where uh, Matthew Fox, where his, these guys come into their camp one night and steal their horses and, one of his, uh, his horse gets injured and he has to go over and, and shoot the horse. And he says something like, you know, he thanks him for his service or something like that. And I mean, that was a genuinely emotional Absolutely. scene of this guy having to kill his, his horse that he loves. You yeah. Know?
0: We established earlier how, how much that horse means to him. Yeah. Um,
1: and again, he's this tough, you know, he's, of the four, he's the closest thing to kind of a bad guy because, you know, he's killed 120 Indians or whatever and brags about it. But but even he is, there's nuance to yeah. Yeah. to him, you know?
0: He dresses like a dandy in this mm-hmm. sort of white suit and he's got this very, he's clean shaven except for a very groomed mustache. And, and he says how he's junior. the smartest the smartest
1: yeah. man there
0: you know yeah and, yeah and then we but we, we, you know think we think oh he's just a you know he's just an a-hole um but we learn at, through the course of this movie so there's sort, it's sort of a road trip movie in the middle and that they these guys get to know each other and we get to know them mm-hmm. um and we we get to know his character too and we discover that it, it, the reason he is such a vicious indian killer is that his his mother and his sister i think he says yeah, his wife, but people whom he loves apparently suffered a pretty uh, grisly ends. he didn't go into detail, but you right. get the sense that, you know, he and he witnessed it or but th- that he's deeply wounded. And, you know, that this veneer is a kind of shell that he has grown around himself. Um, and we do get that we do come to see his vulnerability and it's genuine. I mean, there's a lot in this movie to respect and enjoy. And I think it's not a shame to 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 say that it's so violent because it is the animal that it is by design. Mm-hmm. And it's very effective at that. But I found the violence so shocking. Like, it was just so upsetting that I think some of that other stuff which would have made an entertaining enough movie on its own. Like I would have watched a Western without all that violence in mm-hmm. it. If it had this kind of depth. Oh yeah. Like I just thought it was terrific. And I think, you know, it was, if it, if it didn't, like I could never sit down and my dad would not be interested in watching this movie. That's what time. I thought
1: about as well. But Three, but without, fourths the, or, oh, without the
0: violence, you know, he would yeah. have, he would have enjoyed the film, but he would, there's, he would not have enjoyed yeah. it.
1: Yeah. fourths or so of this movie be like, oh, my dad would love this. And then these, another 25% of it, he'd just be like, that's one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. You
0: know, why would you, you know, he'd say, why would you show that? Right. Why would you, you know? And, and the answer to that is, uh, you know, at a certain level, the answer to that is because the filmmakers wanted to. Mm. Like you said, I want to make a movie where we watch a guy get halved, cut in half and pulled apart before he, we don't, thankfully we don't see them eat him although one guy does kind of walk in with like a leg or an arm or something yeah. and taking a bite of it but it's not featured the way that the that the killing is um and you know but again i don't want to be too negative about it because if you're somebody who really loves westerns and all the good stuff we've been talking about in terms of just a good movie with dialogue and relationships and you're somebody who likes this genre of horror where it's like I guess it's body horror. What what would you call this when it's this splatter? It's not a slasher movie. It's. Yeah. I mean, it's just very, it's just very gory. Um, But if you're into that and that certainly there's a large audience of people who are, you know, and you're into Westerns, then man, this is your movie. Oh yeah. Um, uh, It's just, I think (laughs) I would say that's a fairly narrow audience, but, Mm -hmm. but, I mean, I really enjoyed it, and I'm not into the gory stuff. I, uh, I don't derive any pleasure from it. I don't, you know, I don't go cool. I go, oh, God. I'm gonna have to work on forgetting I saw that.
1: And this isn't like, um, you know, I've, I'm a big horror fan, but I've never been a lot into the gore stuff. And this is not, this is not fun gore because it's very like something like The Thing. Right. Not, you know, there's
0: no, and there's no camp to it. at it, all. It's, it's very realistic,
1: head. you know, uh, and yeah. So it, uh, you know, it's pretty stomach churning again. Like I say, it's not, it's not something like an eighties, uh, you know, the thing or something like that, where it's this obviously, you know, very well done, but obviously fantastical gore scenes that it's like, Oh, right. that's cool. You know, but, Uh, Well, that was a
0: thrill ride of a movie. It was a great, great horror movie. Um, And it it was also disturbing. Um, But yeah, it was a different animal. It was um, it was a nightmare put to the screen without forgetting that the movie needs to be entertaining on top of all this. Right. Mm -hmm. It was. It was about selling tickets and giving you a thrill ride you were never going to forget and making you have nightmares about it, but also walking out of there being like, that was a great movie, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like this one, you know, it's not really fair for me to critique it because I I don't understand the thrill of that. It's got to be catharsis at its root, right? Mm -hmm. But... Like, for example, in the beginning, we see that um, the sheriff is a hard man. And through some people's eyes, like the wife, who is a nurse, he is a brutal man. Right. He finds this stranger in town who's acting suspiciously and he asks him a series of reasonable questions. Right. He doesn't like pull his gun on him. He just walks in and says, I'm the sheriff. You know, what's your name? What are you doing here? The guy is clearly lying to him. Mm -hmm. Right. He, He is extremely shady and upset. And lying to the sheriff, and it sort of escalates. And the sheriff is not a man to mince words. He's like, you know, <laughs> it seems like you're lying to me. Mm-hmm. And, and it ends up with him shooting the guy in the foot or the shin or something. I don't remember. Which seems extreme at the time. Like he seems like he skips a few steps. You know. Um, and then he goes and gets the the nurse to uh, – because the doctor of the town is out blind drunk or whatever. And then he gets the nurse to come patch him up. And she admonishes him. And he's kind of like, look, you know, it. It. we all know how it's going to unfold by that point. So why waste time? Or yeah. something to that effect. You know, it's just basically like, get right to it. So we get – we just go, ooh, this sheriff, he doesn't mess around. He's brutal. And then we put him in a situation where I feel like the filmmakers are like, you want to see Brutal? I'll show you brutal and that's the only that's the only sort of thesis I can venture for because you could have shot the scene when they go I'm just I'm just I'm not trying to make it a different movie than it was but you could have shot that scene where we don't see it we could have seen more of the people watching Mm -hmm. that it happened than it happened itself Um, the intention of the filmmaker by showing it was to put the audience in Kurt Russell and the other people's shoes as they witnessed the horror of this um, event. And <laughs> it's hard to watch. Mm-hmm. Hard to watch.
1: I don't know if there was, I mean, I, you know, I I didn't really do any kind of research or read any interviews with the director, and, and he was the writer as well, um, about what, you know, kind of point he was trying to make. If you take the, if you take the cannibals out of it, you know, the very opening scene and and you touched on it, but literally the very first thing that we see on film is David Arquette, um, cutting this guy's throat. And like you said, it, it, you know, it appeared that, that they probably ambushed them in their sleep. Mm -hmm. And that felt to me a lot like unforgiven where unforgiven, you know, was showing you, okay, it wasn't what we've seen in the movies where, you know, they have the shootout at high noon. It was a lot of, you know, a lot of criminals were cowardly people who were going to shoot you in the back or cut your throat while you were sleeping. Um, And I think also showing, and and this showed as well, uh, the scene that you were talking about where he, where Kurt Russell shoots him in the leg, that, it was a dangerous existence, and they obviously, you know, appeared to have this nice little town, these nice homes that they they lived in, and I'm sure it was a situation where there were a lot of dangerous people out there, and you had to be kind of hard, you know what I mean? It was kind of like a dog-eat-dog Existence. Particularly you know, if you were... you got to kill them before they kill you. ...for
0: the safety of the town. Right, exactly. You couldn't afford a bunch of, like, benefit of the doubt baloney. Yeah. Um, and I get it, but I would also just say, so Unforgiven was a rough movie that definitely does not glorify violence. But I'm without thinking, the extreme gore of this, I, yeah. Yes, and and it's, again, it's there in the sound design. So mm-hmm. in the beginning, he's cutting a guy's throat, and in some movies, that would be a relatively quick draw of the knife across the underside of a guy's jaw, right? And the guy might even go, or whatever. And you'd think, damn. But this was like... Mm -hmm. And you're just like, oh, my God. Will you hurry up and cut it? Are you cutting his head off? What are you doing? You know, it's like, it's really, really... I So this this doesn't glorify violence in a way like rambo does right, right? where there's an exploding arrow and a guy just explodes, you know mm-hmm. but it enj- it it enjoy isn't quite the right it lingers on it yeah. you know what i mean it kind of lavishes in it sure. in a in a way that is i can't be designed for the viewer it, it's it to me it's designed to make the viewer squirm yeah because unless you're the kind of person that enjoys that, which is upsetting. Mm-hmm. Um, so so in a way, it sort of does glorify. It sort of relishes violence. Um, I mean, what do you think? Is that too strong um, an accusation to level at this movie? No,
1: I, I, I don't think so. I would agree with that. Um, I just, you know, I wonder if there is any real statement that he was trying to make I don't think by this or is he just somebody that likes gory films no especially if
0: it's his first movie he's like I'm gonna make a humdinger yeah and I will give it to him he made a humdinger I mean setting the violence aside for a moment first of all if you're gonna make a horror let's not set it aside for a minute if you're gonna make a horror movie and I have made one Mm -hmm. and it's not that I'm not proud of that effort but it's hard man it's hard to make a movie that isn't just boring (laughs) You know, I mean, you go make a movie that is 90 minutes and is not boring and you have achieved something remarkable. It's hard. If you can make your audience make noise, whether that's laughing or crying out loud or, you know, screeching or groaning, that's a real coup. Mm -hmm. And this movie, you know, it made you laugh out loud. Uh, it made me, you know, groan out loud.
1: And I don't want to, I, I don't want to mean to interrupt, but I don't want I know, people, I I don't want people using... to think that I was laughing at the guy You're getting scalped. And, I think yeah, we understand. Uh, that was uh, not uh, funny. <laughs> we, we, we understand. I'm just
0: saying it's an, for, as a first endeavor, um, it's a remarkable success. And mm-hmm. I think not least of all, you know, the, the effects and the horror, you do that and you make someone squirm, fear and disgust are those are, are great big primary emotions. And I would posit that they're almost easier to, to land with than making someone genuinely care about the people mm-hmm. The, the in the movie, and he was extremely. Success. I genuinely cared about everyone in this movie. Me too. They were fully realized. Characters. Except for the
1: cavemen, I didn't care
0: about. Except, the for, the, except for the cavemen, right? And I, if anything, they were so inhumanly. They were monsters. Really, mm-hmm. it's like, well, I, I, could I make them demons so that they're utterly unworldly? No. You know, at times people.
1: they almost reminded me of uh, the Predator. When they would do the, you know, the sound yeah. you were, you know, because they would almost like the predator would, they would kind of arch their back and put their head back, you know, and throw their, howl. Yeah.
0: At their, yeah. Like howling. Yeah, exactly. Like a werewolf, but they would be this weird, uh, uh, un, unearthly whistling sound. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I wish that I could make a movie, that I thought that was this effective and entertaining. I thought it was really amazing. Um, Just not for all audiences. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think for, for me personally, the best movies are the ones that, and, and it's a real skill to be able to combine, you know, humor and there are thrilling aspects to it. And there are disturbing aspects and frightening things.
0: And there's also real emotion you know, well, the you've... relationship between the husband and wife, yeah. too. Genuinely passionate, right? And when we first meet them, things are a little strained because he's, you know, had an injury and he's at home all the time and they're sort of snippy with each other. And and that evolves across the course of the film up to the point pretty quickly. Um, there's a scene where they're making love that I thought was really well done. I mean, it was sexy and you know but but they were connected in a loving way it it was just masterfully done and then when so when she's abducted which happens very early on in the film and he's like i gotta go after her you think oh but you're in no shape to go after her but you're on but you're like yeah you gotta go man what are you gonna not you're not you're gonna let these just trust these guys to go save your wife no you gotta get up there you know and
1: everyone is very human in this. And I think it's, it's a skill that I think a lot of writers do not have. You know, there are, there are movies or shows that you'll watch and there'll be very clever dialogue, but you'll think, Oh, you know, this dialogue is, is really smart uh, or funny or clever, but no one actually speaks this way. You know, this isn't how an actual human would, would, have a conversation with someone. And, right. you know, they they say some witty things and use some big words that maybe I don't know if somebody in the old west would have have used or not, but they they never seem anything other than real three-dimensional people, I felt.
0: And it doesn't feel contemporary. You know, no, sometimes no. in Silverado, I was like sometimes with Kevin Klein's performance or Brian he's performance, there was a contemporariness. Mm-hmm to it, even though they weren't talking about cell phones and saying, dude, there was just something that felt contemporary in their, in their banter. Um, and not so here. It felt very true to the period. And I Um, don't
1: know how, how accurate this was, but I, I thought it was very interesting how formal they were, you know, even, you know, there are these guys out camping essentially, but, uh, I don't know, just again, coming back to how apologetic they were when they would get angry with each other and, um, uh, Kurt Russell always refers to, um, the guy's wife as I think, I think Dowler was their last name. And he's, he's always, he never refers to her as anything other than Mrs. Dowler, you know, and not her, whatever her first name is, you know, and I, I just thought it was an interesting, I don't know if that's how, if that's accurate to how people acted in this time frame, but I just thought it was interesting how formal everyone was
0: and, Uh, There is a little, I almost forgot about this, but right when they're getting started, there's this, you know, the the wife is, um, she's very beautiful. Mm -hmm. And there's a a little bit of tension between um, the husband and the Matthew Fox character, because he is also a young, handsome man. And, you know, he's clearly noticed how beautiful she is. Mm -hmm. And there isn't like nothing crazy happens but there's a little bit of like hey stay away from my girl tension and part of him wanting to go is like you know uh, if he's going i'm going <laughs> mm-hmm. you know um and all that felt very real and and formal in a western way too yeah like you know well, he wasn't like shouldering up to the bar and hitting on her and it was something just in the way he was taking her in he wasn't even like leering at her or anything but clearly observing how beautiful she was. That was palpable. And the other guy was bristling at that, you know, just don't look at my wife that way.
1: And there was some kind of history with that because he, something he said something along the lines of, uh, you know, he, he says something about not hitting on her or whatever. And, and he says something like, Oh, well that was, I haven't done that
0: for years or something, you
1: know? So ha- I, thought, you I
0: was terrified that they were going to eat her. Yeah, you know, I, I I was just like, hook. I can't watch that. Yeah, that
1: was one thing that I that I was relieved that they stayed away from um, that. If if um, if. The the cavemen had done anything horrible to her, we didn't see it. Um, that would have been, you know, if they had shown them attacking her or something, that would have been just too much, I think.
0: Yeah, um, it was uh it, it was almost too much as it was. Yeah, uh, yeah,
1: for sure. Now have you seen any of he, this guy has directed two other movies? Have you seen either of them? One is called um Brawl in Cell Block 99 that stars Vince Vaughn. Nope. As this again it's another I've not seen I've not seen it, but it's another one what I've read about it. Um it's a He's a guy who's in prison, so he has to be very violent to, you know, kind of get his way out. I'm, I do not enjoy prison stuff freaks me out. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I don't really, aside from, you know, some of the greats like Shawshank Redemption, I just prison, prison stuff to me is terrifying. So I don't know if I would ever, I would ever watch this one, but it, it's it got, it came out in 2017 and got a lot of acclaim. And then there is another, his, he did a two 2018 movie called dragged across concrete that has Vince Vaughn and Mel Gibson in it. And it's these, I guess like kind of dirty cops. And it is another one from what I've read. This seems to be the, uh, kind of, uh, the way this guy works is it's supposed to be
0: just super, super extremely violent. So, I don't know. I have not seen either. Yeah. Um, Although, based on his work, I mean, I don't relish the violence either, but the everything else in this movie is so well done that I'm tempted to check it out. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, uh, you know, I know I said last week that I'm not much of a, you know, I'm not the world's biggest Western fan, but I would love to see this guy do another Western.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I am. I just, I love a Western. I mean, you know, there's a good movie's a good movie and a bad movie's a bad movie, but there's just something about the period that I think is so much fun.
1: Yeah. And, and I, you know, there's not a lot of them, but I think, um, I think a mashup of Western and, um, and horror works really well. I think, I, I never watched the, the movie because everything that I, uh, read about it said that it was terrible, but, um, I used to read the comic some when I was a kid, and I think maybe you did too, but uh jonah hex uh-huh. um you know, where that was like a Western with a supernatural element to it i think right, right. and it's a shame that 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 didn't do you know kind of justice to the comic from what I understand because i that's a I think that's a cool genre, a mashup of of uh Western and horror or Western with supernatural stuff in
0: it. Sure. I think I think it goes in the right well. hands. Yeah, in the right hands. Um, for some reason, I uh, you know, if we're down that vein, um, he's like a demon, right? He's sort of night. He's sort of um, um, ghost writer, but right. He's, back I think from the so. Dead yeah. Back from hell or something on something a mission. Something like he's that. Ultimately yeah. Ultimately a good guy, but he's trying to redeem his soul or something. That yeah. Does. I'm
1: sure we're butchering that and somebody out there knows the sure. character really well. Apologies. At uh, us. But, but yeah, it's, um, it's something like that, I think.
0: But I think if I was going to make a horror movie Western, it would be um, ghosts. Somehow. Yeah. It'd be a ghost story. I feel like or you might even be able to do a zombie Western. That might be really interesting if you didn't make it. um, If you made it a small, like a small thing like this, that, 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 you know, and you, you stayed with it instead of episode one being like how we got to the apocalypse and then the rest of it being what do we do now that we're in the apocalypse? But if you stayed the whole episode with like the first zombie coming up and then by the end, the finale is our heroes basically trying to get out of town that has more or less, you know, a tip pretty quickly mm-hmm. near the end of act two. And then you've got, you know, people we've seen in life earlier in the movie are now all zombies. And then there's that sort of swarm scene where you got to try and get out of town. But
1: that yeah, that could cool. work. I'm certain there are zombie Westerns because there's zombie everything, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think it would sort of fit with the production design. Uh, Yeah, I I agree. And I think
1: one thing I with this, um, there's never any I think maybe in a, a a little more modern setting, there would be somewhere in there the conversation of, you know, they again, they talk they have a. I forget what they call him, the philosopher or the historian or something like that. But there's a you know Native American Indian guy in the town who they bring in to be like, who are these people? And he, he's like, they're troglodytes. And he says, you know, to you, they're just going to look like any other Indian, but they're, right. you know, they're cave dwellers or whatever.
0: And there's no. That's the only bit of dialogue that's a little. And it's done well in the movie, but it's a little he's expositional, like. He's like, it's a corrupt bloodline, you know. He has this whole monologue that yeah. sort of sets these, you know, enemies up. Right. Um, that That's the only thing that feels feels a little, you know, scripty or contrived. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I, I think
1: maybe compared to something that was modern day, I think even though these characters are very modern in a lot of ways, I think there's a somewhat of a separation from a modernity that they would, that there would be if, you know, this was a movie that took place in 2020 because I think it was interesting that they don't question that these people could exist. It's just like, okay, they're cavemen, you know, you know? Um, Cause I think there were probably still in the old West, you still had people that had superstitions and, and sure. things like that. You know what I mean?
0: I, I, well, I thought it was... Yeah, if we were going to do a zombie Western, we'd say, well, what what are the zombies? Well, they're probably not viral zombies. They're probably, I mean, just to pick at cliches, it'd be some sort of, you know, uh, medicine magic, mm-hmm. uh, or it would be Christian magic. You know, yeah. It'd be some sort of a curse. Bandits come in, and they murder the people in the church, and there's a curse that gives. You know what it would be? It would be uh, religion oriented um, mm-hmm. although you know I some of my favorite zombie movies are the ones that just don't explain it <laughs> they're like well why are the dead rising
1: like, forget it who cares that's not the point yeah and I thought that was a great that was a great aspect of this we didn't you know we didn't need any backstory on the troglodytes it's just like hey there's troglodytes and they live they in the caves are. and they're yeah. bad and they abduct, abduct people and we gotta go kill them you know
0: Yeah. They got, they got my wife and they're not giving her back.
1: Another thing with this, um, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I started watching this. It was probably close to 10 PM last night. And I looked at the, and again, you know, this turned out to be different than what I thought it was. I I thought it was be a super slow burn. Uh, and very, I thought it would be very depressing all the way through and, and it's not. Um, And, but I turned it on and I thought two hours and 12 minutes. I don't know if, you know, I'm going to have a hard time staying awake for this. And I was riveted the whole time. I mean, from, from the opening scene, I just felt like, wow, this is a great, great movie.
0: Yeah. I, I agree. It didn't feel like two hours. No,
1: it, it, it,
0: you know, even though, even though it literally plods, like even though for the, second half of act two they are walking through deserty hill country Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like a slog
1: no no it it's it's always interesting and you know i was it was funny i was thinking last night uh you know last week when we talked about silverado you were saying how great it would be to do a western and i was thinking i don't think i would have wanted to have had uh Patrick Wilson's role in this having to limp and crawl and, you know, not like he literally was walking miles across the desert or whatever, but I just thought, I don't know if that would be much fun, you know, faking a limp and crawling around on the ground. It, was, so, convincing. it, yeah, was, it conv- was convincing. Yeah. It was
0: convincing good performance. Yeah. Um, Cool. So we're getting towards time here um, and I want to spend a little time talking about what we're going to do next week. But I mean, I think, without having to be formal about it, we would both recommend this movie. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and again, I've said it probably five times now, the only caveat I would offer you is that if you had no stomach for graphic violence, um, this may not be. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and
1: at this point after, you know, we've described scalpings and cutting a guy in two and, and all that, it's, yeah,
0: this... The, that's the big one but yeah. there's a tone of violence throughout and there are little episodes throughout that, that sort of pop up on you
1: I was um, telling my brother-in-law about this today and I said um, you know I was watching it and I thought you know, my sister is a horror fan um, but is not into gore and I thought oh, she would again about three-fourths of this movie she would really like and then the rest not so much
0: it's you know what it is? You like you said about the thing. It's it's that it strives for such realism, right? It's not Freddy Krueger. It's not you know an alien locked in the ice that turns all Cronenberg technically. You know, it's it's really you can imagine that if somebody split a guy down the middle, that this is kind of what it would look like, and it's so upsetting. Mm-hmm. Especially when you get to, you know, you, you see, you, you in, in the course of that scene, you see the guy as a person earnestly trying to get his friend to convey, you know, tell my mom that I loved her, right? Yeah. Because he's aware they're going to kill him, and he's witnessed them doing it to somebody else. And then we watch him go through the process of them killing him, which doesn't take a long time, but it's not like a shot to the back of the head. Hmm. They they butcher him alive, and it's just wow, so upsetting. Did you feel watching this?
1: There were times in this where I thought, "Oh, this is just going to be one of these downer ending movies where just they just all die." Did you did you think they were going to make it out, or did did you? I
0: was never sure, and I think that that is a success of the film
1: because yeah, they I kept getting think, hit I in care. the head and yeah, dragged and- around, and I thought these guys aren't going to live.
0: Well, and and Kurt Russell doesn't make it. No, he doesn't. Right? Make I it. mean, you you you. So he's the sort of proxy for oh God, you know, nobody's going to make it out alive. Um, but you know, the the husband and wife make it out, and the old man make it out, mm-hmm. and Kurt Russell sort of stays behind to kill off the last few guys, and we don't get perfect confirmation that he does, except it ends with these sort of three gunshots. Yeah. And clearly the old man takes that as he got him, right? He's got a, he's like, there's no way I can get back to town. He's been shot. And the big one was sort of working on him for a while. Um, And he's been shot and cut open and he's in bad shape. And it's just, he's not going to be makeup. They don't have horses, you know, Mm. it's a five day ride. So even longer than that to walk, there's just no way. And he says, I'm going to stay here and make sure because the other ones will track us back. You know, if we it, it, it will track you back if I don't take care of them. So the implication is that he stays behind to kill the remaining three troglodytes mm-hmm. and does. But I guess we leave a hanging thread there. Um, so it's a bit of both. It's a bit of the happy ending. You know, the two the the two people you care the most about, probably the husband and wife get out Mm -hmm. and um, nobody else. But I did worry, you know, I was like, oh, man, I but I was never like, oh, God, this is one of those movies. (laughs) Mm hmm. It was oh god, I hope this isn't one of those. Yeah, I was, un- I, I, was I was unsure. I was just glad when it wasn't. Yeah, so that's the success of the film because I cared.
1: It, you were. It was upsetting when Kurt Russell dies. Very upsetting.
0: Yeah, I think if I had been certain it was going to go that direction, I well, I would have finished watching it because we would have had to talk about it here on the mm-hmm. podcast. But just as a casual viewer, I probably would have turned it off. You know, if if twenty minutes before the end, I was certain that it was just going to, I would have been like, I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't. You know, I don't want to watch that. Um, but it didn't. It kept me engaged the whole way through. So if you can stomach the violence, yeah. that I think we've painted pretty clearly. I think you can Some people really may favorite. have
1: to look through their fingers, you know, at some scenes or something, but... Because it's, yeah. it's rough, for sure.
0: Um, I Again, it makes me think of the... It's a very different movie, but it makes me think of the movie Hostiles with Christian Bale in it um, because it nails the period so well. mm mm-hmm. And it, it nails relationships. Um, there's one scene in which Christian Bale is talking to a friend of his who is dying. And they're alone in in a hospital room. The guy's in a hospital bed. And Christian Bale is basically telling the guy that he loves him, that it's been this honor and privilege to ride with him as a compatriot. And you can see, you know, Christian Bale's a good actor. Oh, yeah. Um it, you can see how much it means to both of them and you can also see that in this time period a uh, men did not cry mm-hmm. so both of them are fighting with all of their wills to just they're they're staring at each other with this incredible intensity both of them willing themselves not to weep uncontrollably mm-hmm. they're in an empty room there are no witnesses one of them is going to die soon right what would it but but it just it's such a great depiction of the time of, like you know, it's it's womanly, whatever you know. Men do not cry, mm-hmm. and I am not going to do my dear friend here, who I love, who is dying, the dishonor of crying in his breath. It's just crazy. Yeah, it's a great scene, and it's a, you know, it's a it's about a guy who is an Indian hater and is charged with sort of conveying this um, prominent um, Native American chief from here to there and across the course of the thing, he comes to have a change of not a change of heart makes it sound trite, but he comes to an understanding and a respect for the guy and, and a, a deeper awareness of himself. And it, I, it's not a perfect movie and I haven't seen it in a while. I haven't seen it a few years, but um if you're, if you're sort of reinterested in Westerns, I think you'd, there's some, sh- there's some violence in that, that I think is done really well, but it's not, um, it's like shootouts and stuff, mm-hmm. and but they're done, they're done very well. They don't feel choreographed, you know. It's not like oh, there's a guy on the roof, bang! Oh, he fell into the water bucket. Um, it's the the guns come out and then the shooting starts unpredictably and it's kind of chaos. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's choreographed because it's a film. You've got to choreograph it to so you know where to shoot what you're shooting, camera wise, but the feeling of it is extremely kinetic and you think, man, the guys that survive a lot of gunfights, luck is just a huge factor of it. Sure. (laughs) You know, it's not like you're Clint Eastwood and you're just Dead Eye Jones Mm -hmm. and you're, you know, it's, it's, you just happen not to get shot randomly by any number of the many people shooting each other. Right. Which I think is pretty rare in Westerns. There's the glamorous, you know, showdown type stuff. Sure. But this idea that when things went south and people started pulling their triggers, there was no strategy, (laughs) you know? Oh yeah. Um, I, I I think you would dig that one. If you wanted to, we could, we could talk about that one of these days, whether we want to do three Westerns in a row. I don't know. We could we could watch it sometime. What are you thinking? So we're about a time.
1: What are you thinking for next week? So, uh, well, I'll, I'll give you two suggestions that are completely, couldn't be more different from, from each other. Um, I think. And then if you have some ideas, if there's, you know, some things that you want to watch, um, you know, we'll talk about those. Uh, There is a 2020 movie. So basically these are two movies that I'm, I'm probably going to watch whether we, you know, we watch them for the show or not. not, Uh, One is we talked about Cronenberg again, a little bit in this episode, his, Uh his son is a director. Um, and I've not seen any of his movies, but he has a 2020 movie called Possessor, which is a science fiction film. I don't know what it's about from watching the trailer, but it but it looks really interesting. So that's one that um, if you would want to watch the trailer, check it out, see if you think it's something you might want to watch. Um, and then the other one, I don't know if you've ever seen this before. Uh, and this randomly popped into my head and I looked it up on uh, prime and it's on there, a movie from 1981 called kill and kill again. It's a a martial arts movie. And it was one that I watched when I was like eight years old and I thought was super cool at the time. And I'm sure it's horrible, but uh, it's been remastered at some point because the trailer like, the the quality of the you know of the picture looks fantastic. What's um, it called? It's yeah. called Kill and Kill Again. Um, it's a it's a martial arts movie. It's it, I think most of the people in it are American though, um, or European or something. It's not a you know it's like a modern day nineteen eighties um, martial arts movie. But it's it's either gonna be one of those ones where it it will be so bad it's good or it's just really bad.
0: It's so bad it's bad. So bad it's bad. Yeah. But well, the, man, I could go either way. Cause I, I just Googled them up here and okay. kill and kill again. looks like it, it's, it might be so bad. It's good. This is
1: one that I watched on, you know, that was on HBO. Uh, uh, you know, when, when I was a kid and I watched it a bunch of times and it also got me thinking, I don't know if you'll remember this and I, I may have brought this up on another episode of the podcast. I don't know, but, there was a time when we were kids, I was at your house and do you remember when like, there was a period there for a year or two where ninjas were like this huge thing. Every, like all kids were into ninjas.
0: Yep.
1: And there was a movie called, um, it was like, I'm sure they took the title, uh, because it was around the time of return of the Jedi, but, this was either called return of the ninja or revenge of the ninja. And it's an American guy. Who's a ninja. And I remember we were going to watch it and we must've talked about it or something. And your mom caught wind of it. And I don't know if she had seen this, some of the movie or what, but she was just like, that's a horrible, you know, movie to watch or whatever. And we kind of snuck and watched it without her knowing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. But that. she was upset. I don't know if she ever found out that we watched it or not, but she was just like, you know, that's not something that people should watch because it's a really disgusting movie. <laughs> but we we snuck and watched it on, you know, HBO or Cinemax or something like I that. I don't remember that. It's yeah, so funny. It I that's very clear in my mind for some reason, but
0: I think those are two really good candidates and I can't decide, so I'm gonna let you pick. What what are we watching for next week? Killing again or Possessor? Um Let's go with
1: Possessor. Okay. Because I think it's actually going to be good. And then maybe the next time we can watch that. It says
0: it's got a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. That's a yeah. Pretty good it's, sign. I don't know what, you know. Sean Dean is in it. That's a pretty good sign. It's,
1: it's, I don't know what Cronenberg son, son's movies are like. I know they're weird, um, but I haven't, I haven't seen any of them. So, and, and like, you know, you could watch the trailer and, and, you know, maybe if you d- don't want to watch it, you know, we could we could watch the other one, but it it looks, it looks intriguing from the trailer. Awesome. It's supposed so to be sci-fi. I don't know if it's sci-fi horror. or It or
0: says sci- it. horror, sci-fi, but okay. I think that it's within our wheelhouse. And sure. It's, it's not an old movie from our youth. It's a new movie that neither of us have seen. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, for next week, we're going to watch possessor by Mr. Cronenberg. junior. Um, and if you have feedback, thought, requests it's chris and chris talk movies at gmail.com um thank you everyone for listening and we will talk to you next week